Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. up y'all <laughs> dj sarah over there <laughs> dj no it's yeah. just my what's up my y'all? southern charm coming through the oh, mic here 
sounded like a DJ doing the <laughs> intro. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Sarah's sounding a little loosey goosey. Southern after uh, three interviews. Yeah, that's what happens. By the third, we're very engaged. We're excited, but our brains need a little bit of a detox. Yes. And well, yeah, we just get silly. I <laughs> become think. goofy. I'm just making excuses for your silliness. Yes, Sarah's I know. always. That I way. know. <laughs> Today, we have a great show for you guys where we talk about how to have less anxious relationships. And I know I really identify with a lot of times just putting my issues out into the world. A lot of times that's on Sarah or like issues like maybe I have an issue at work and we're venting to our partner and that can, that's okay, but it can also be unhealthy. So that is what we mean by the, the anxiousness, mm-hmm. like getting it out there. And Dr. Kathleen Smith walks us through a better way to go through this process. Yeah, like like Chase mentioned, he definitely likes to vent and talk about his problems. And I, and I love that. I love being able to, <laughs> to be there. And Kathleen actually gave me some amazing tools of how to listen and respond with a neutral response, which I had not heard of and I have not been doing. So I'm looking forward to implementing that in our relationship because I think it can benefit us both. I'm ready for those neutral responses. <laughs> not me yelling at you. No, I'm I don't yell at you. Positive response. I want a neutral. No. I know. It's really good stuff. And Kathleen is a licensed therapist and mental health writer, and she's the author of the new book, Everything isn't terrible. Conquer your insecurities, interrupt your anxiety, and finally calm down. And as always, thank you guys for listening to the show, sharing with your friends and family, subscribing to our 14-Day Happy Couple Challenge that is on our website. It is a free challenge if you have not done it before. And then checking out our online course, Spark My Relationship. And enjoy the episode. Today's show is brought to you by our online course, Spark My Relationship. Create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner in less than 90 days. We've collaborated with 15 therapists and psychologists to bring you the strategies marriage therapists teach their clients. To unlock a special offer only for I Do Podcast listeners, visit sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Kathleen. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you guys. Kathleen, today we're going to talk about managing anxiety. And you wrote a great article about how we use triangles to manage it. And I really identified with this because I noticed that I tend to do this. And maybe a good place we could start is you could talk about what the triangles are, why we do this, and then we'll talk about a more productive way to manage our anxiety. Sure. So the concept of the triangle sort of is based on this idea that when tension starts to rise in a two-person relationship, we automatically pull in a third person to help manage the tension. So, you know, that could look like so many different things. And I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, you know, one example could be, you know, you call or you text a friend to complain about a fight you've had with your partner, right? Or a triangle could also look like two parents focusing on a kid 
And that's how they manage their relationship and how they calm things down between the two of them. So it can take on sort of a lot of different flavors. But the idea is that we use other people to sort of manage the anxiety or the tension in a two-person relationship, like a marriage. We really want to dive into this. But one of the things I was thinking about uh, when reading the article is also sublimation. And having recently read about the psychology of basically taking, I think in its traditional sense was like taking sexual energy and and putting it towards other activities in your life. And to me, this is, it's kind of similar in that if there's conflict or we have anxiety, maybe that third thing is not necessarily even a person, but could it be like an activity? Yeah, I mean, there's lots of debate <laughs> in the in the therapy world about whether it needs to be a person or not. I mean, at least in sort of the theory I was trained, it needs to be sort of like another living thing. So I think people could definitely triangle in their dog, right? <laughs> uh, but, you know, some people do make that argument. They say, well, what about, you know, technology? What about a phone or, a, you know, an iPad or something like or an, act, an activity, you know? Um, but the idea is this is looking at like relationship systems. So we sort of borrow the calmness of another person in order to, or we borrow their agreement or their role as an ally, right? Or a distraction in order to calm down that other relationship. So you mentioned talking to your best friend about your your current issues or problems with your partner. Now, when is that a good thing um, to be able to talk to somebody? And then when does it turn into a not healthy dynamic? Yeah. So what, the thing about triangles is that they aren't good or bad. They're very they're a very human thing that we do. And what I always encourage my clients to think about is whether the behavior is automatic or whether it's a thoughtful decision, if that makes sense. So if you automatically triangle in your best friend to help you manage all of your problems, then you lose some capacity to be able to think for yourself, right? And be able to work out an issue with the other person. Uh, or Or you could calm down enough to where you don't actually go back to the other person or to your partner to work things out because you feel like everything is okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) because your friend or, you know, or your therapist or anybody, right, has sort of helped you manage that anxiety. So, you know, we triangle all the time. We talk to other people about other relationships. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's just when that's our only way of dealing with it, we really limit ourselves to be able to problem solve in really tough relationships because we're constantly just relying on everybody else to calm us down. Can you give some other examples uh, that you cited in the article of triangle situations? Yeah. So one thing is that a lot of, you know, relationships are built on gossip or, you know, complaining about the same person. You know, that's an interesting test. I always challenge couples, you know, um, or even kids, right? You know, I say, if you're out, if you're going out on a date or you're going out to dinner, how long can you go without talking about a third person? <laughs> you know, before you talk about your kids or your in-laws or your boss, right? You know, that's a difficult thing. Most of the time we're talking about other people. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just sort of an interesting test to see 
how much of what you share with the person you care about is about you or how much are you asking about is about them, right? Versus a third person. Um, so that's another kind of tame example. I always encourage people to think about, um, you know, at least in romantic relationships, like an affair is a type of triangle as well. Right. Um, you know, if a, if a person is having conflict in their marriage, sort of having an, an interest or even an obsession with another person is one way of managing that tension, right? And people don't necessarily think of that as a triangle, but that, that definitely is. So what are the negative effects of always relying on this third person or maybe a dog? <laughs> yeah, you know, you don't, you, you lose sight of your own thinking when you're constantly borrowing everyone else's, right? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and you start to kind of lose confidence in yourself and in your own abilities to, to be with people when things are challenging. You know, I think about, you know, I work with a lot of people who they have trouble talking to their parents or to their siblings uh, about things. And so they're going through another person in their family or they're using their spouse as a buffer, right? So they don't have to be one-on-one with these family members. And so I think, you know, while it's natural to kind of want to rely on a partner in those situations, um, it can really, it's not necessarily fair to the other person either for you to always borrow their calmness, right? Or to always rely on them to reassure you doing that can cause conflict in that relationship, right? You can kind of, it, the tension like moves from the original relationship to the one you've triangled in, right? So it can, um, it can cause a lot of conflict when you're always relying on your spouse in particular um, or your partner to, to help calm you, to help you calm down about other relationships, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And one of the things I've recently become aware of through, uh, therapy is how much I rely on others to like manage my anxiety, exactly what we're talking about. And I don't know, it was a bit, I don't want to say surprising. Like I did not realize how much I do that, particularly with Sarah. And so I've really been trying, this is very recently, but having opportunities already rather than voice my distress or what I'm feeling, just sit with it myself and process it. And I find that valuable. But where is the line between unhealthy and healthy in in relying on others here? Yeah, well, one thing I try and do, and I try and do this with my own husband, you know, if I'm really worked up about a problem or an issue I've had with someone else, I did just what you said, you know, I try and I still want to talk to him about what has happened and maybe hear some of his thinking, but it's my job to calm myself down first enough so that I can have a, an actually a produ- productive conversation with him. So I have to give myself some time to kind of, you know, take some deep breaths, maybe write down my own thinking or take a few moments to consider the situation so that I am in a position where I can have a useful conversation, you know, with my spouse about it. And, th- and he's not feeling all of the anxiety, right? <laughs> so he's in a better position to be helpful because, you know, he's going to be less allergic to how I feel because I'm not bringing all that anxiety into our relationship. Um, so, you know, I think doing that self piece first is really important because I think when people bring that anxiety into the relationship and they're just automatically going to their partner to say, you know, 
reassure me, tell me this is okay. Tell me I'm not crazy, right? You know, the things we say, or encourage me here. I need you to, to be more encouraging, you know? Um, that, like I said, that often leads to conflict. You've tra- almost transferred the problem. You've taken it home with you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're in a fight with your spouse now instead of your friend or, you know, your colleague or your, your family member. It's just interesting to see how that happens. Why do you think we tend to do that? <laughs> why, do we, why do we go towards others like that? Yeah, I mean, we're just the most comfortable voicing our concerns and our anxiety to the people we're closest with, right? There's less of this kind of facade. We can kind of just kind of word vomit every thought that we have <laughs> and we're less censored, right? But the issue with that is we're putting more responsibility on our partner, on the other person, because we're treating them as if you're the same person, right? As if you guys are a unit and you are in a way, but you are also separate people. And so um, assuming that a person is just going to take on whatever anxiety you have can really get you into trouble because most of the time we don't like to to do that. <laughs> do you have any specific tools for somebody to work on processing these thoughts and these feelings internally versus turning to somebody else? Yeah. I mean, I'm a big fan of writing things down. You know, I, I really encourage my clients, you know, if they're asking my thinking for about something, you know, I will not tell them my thinking unless they have taken some time to really define their own. So, you know, taking a moment to say, okay, what is this problem? What do, what am I trying to do here? Like if I handle this maturely in the best way I know how, what might that look like? And I don't think, well, we don't give ourselves enough credit. We don't think that um, we have those answers. We're automatically going to read an, an expert book or, you know, especially with parenting, people do this, but or, or go to someone we know for advice. But we really actually have some good thinking. We just have to sit down and, and try and access it first and, and kind of define it to ourselves. And I think there's something about writing that really accesses a different part of your brain than the part that's freaking out. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the part that's freaking out is that sort of like, fight or flight, right? That automatic um, emotional piece. And the problem solving is that front part of your brain, that human part uh, that can actually help you navigate some of these challenges. Um, And I think there's something about sitting down and defining your thinking, uh, either saying it out loud or writing it down that just automatically calms you down a little bit. And I think that's very useful. If someone listening feels like their partner is always venting to them in in this unhealthy manner how can they communicate to their partner about maybe having them work on this besides hey listen to this podcast episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean trying to teach your partner how to not triangle is probably going to backfire right we don't like to be managed we don't like to be told what to do but there's responses that you can have that are sort of neutral that show that you're listening and that you're supportive but that you're not going to you know, calm them down or fix it for them, you know, saying something neutral, like, you know, I'm really interested in your thinking, or thank you for sharing that, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see how you're going to figure this out. I think, you know, I think you're going to be able to, or it sounds like you guys need to talk some more about this. You know, I really hope that you can work it out. Those are kind of neutral things you can say that are supportive, but that aren't sort of inserting yourself into try and fixing 
you know, trying to fix the problem. But that doesn't mean that your partner is always going to love that response, right? Like you might get some pushback. It might upset them a little bit temporarily. But if they can see that you're going to hang in there and you're going to be a good listener and, and be supportive, um, it's, it can empower them to kind of think about what they actually want to do. Um, because honestly, most of the time when people come to us, you know, complaining or asking for advice and we tell them what to do, they don't actually like that. <laughs> you know, we don't, we just want people to listen most of the time and be some, you know, be empathetic. We don't necessarily want them to provide an answer for us. Um, you know, it's not about avoiding the triangle. It's about managing yourself when you're in it. So if there's, if somebody is triangling you in, there's not really anything you can do about that. It's just, are you able to kind of be neutral in how you respond to the situation? So you're still encouraging that other person in that triangle to listen, but just not necessarily engage in a dialogue, right? Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So it's a new year and many of you may have a resolution to improve your personal life or your relationships and you want to go to therapy, but you just can't make it to the therapist's office. And Sarah and I know that that sometimes that can just be hard. You're busy, Mm -hmm. but you want to go. But now there really is no excuse with amazing offerings from BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can communicate with your licensed therapist via text, chat, phone, and video. You can choose what option is best for you. And there are over 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states who specialize in a wide range of areas, including relationships, anxiety, stress, anger, trauma, and many more. And of course, anything you share is confidential. And if you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. Finding that perfect fit is important. So feel confident that you can find the right one for you. And BetterHelp is secure, convenient, and professional. And best of all, it is truly an affordable option. Our listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code I do. So get started today. Go to betterhelp.com slash I do and simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash I do to get 10% off your first month. Today's episode is also brought to you by our course, Spark My Relationship. You're listening to the podcast, so you probably want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner. And if you can do it in less than 90 days, even better. We say it all the time on the show, a mediocre relationship is easy, but a passionate, authentic, and satisfying relationship takes work. It doesn't just happen on its own. And that's why Sarah really did all the heavy lifting on this, <laughs> created <laughs> this course with the therapist that we've had on the show to really help you with the specific tools, exercises needed to create the lasting and positive improvements rather than just listening to the show and not really implementing them. This is a great way to have some accountability in a structured format to put the tools that we talk about on the show into practice. 
You can do this in 90 days. You can do it from home and it is self-paced. So it is perfect for turning up the heat in your relationship, having some fun together and really revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And like Chase mentioned before, we've worked with 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. And just some of those strategies are how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper, more intimate bond and strengthen your couple microculture and future together. So for our listeners only, we are offering a special promo for the course. You can find it at sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, and you can access a special pricing just for you guys. So again, check out sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock for your special promo. Check it out. Don't waste (laughs) any more time. Do Do it. Yeah, or not necessarily like not necessarily feeling like you have to take a side either. Um, right. You know, if somebody say your like spouse is complaining to you about their parents or their sibling, right? Um, you know, there's a way you can respond that's not like, oh my goodness, I can't believe they did that. You know, how mm-hmm. dare they, right? That kind of calms them down because they see they have an ally in you, and all that might be appropriate at times. You know, other responses like this is a really tough situation, like. I hope you guys can work this out or you can figure out something that works for you. You know, that's a way of responding that that's not about taking sides necessarily. It's just showing a person that you're rooting for them and, and you want the relationship to come to the, you know, the best solution or the best conclusion that it can. You wrote that oftentimes the triangle can prevent us from developing stronger one-on-one relationships with others. And I thought that that was a really important thing for me to recognize in my exercise, because it's, it's like, yeah, you spend all this time, whether venting or complaining and, and that becomes like the relationship with that other person. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, especially um, people with kids, that's a challenge, right? Like the kids launch, they leave the house and the you know, the, the spouses look at each other and go, wait, (laughs) we were so focused on them, our entire marriage. We don't necessarily even know each other. We don't know who we are now. You know, I think especially the parent child, uh, triangle is such a strong one. I think it's useful for people to pay attention to. What are some ways that we can practice managing our distress personally? I know you talked about writing therapy. What are some other things, maybe exercises we can do? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the main thing that I recommend for people is to just be naturally curious, to be observant about how you function when you're anxious. And I think when you bring that curiosity instead of that frustration or shame or embarrassment that we always have when we just do the things we always do, I think it opens up the space to do something different, right? So if I am always, you know, complaining to my husband about, you know, a friend or something, right? That not to beat myself up when I feel tempted to do that or when I do that, but the ability to kind of laugh at myself and go, all right, here I go again. Can I, can I try and do something this time? You know, can I try and uh, calm myself down a little bit? You know, that's not necessarily a specific technique or tool. I think there are lots of 
tools that people use to to manage anxiety, right? But the, the but if you're not bringing a level of interest, a level of curiosity to how you behave, then it's going to be really hard to actually calm down and change your behaviors because um, you know it's just so much shame that you bring on yourself, if that makes sense. So before you activate any tools, you know, whether it's exercise, meditation, you know, whatever, um, you have to be curious about that anxious kind of autopilot that you have and be willing to observe yourself when you do what you always do, you know, if it's triangling or something else. I've mentioned this on a past episode recently, but are you familiar with Tara Brock in, in her new, uh, the RAIN acronym? No. She is a uh, mindfulness meditation teacher and she has this acronym RAIN Mm -hmm. when it comes to recognizing anxious or negative thoughts. And it is is to recognize the thought, like you're saying, like pause and, and, and recognize it. And then the A is allow. So just don't resist it. Like it's there, allow it, it's okay. And then investigate. What's that about? What what's triggering that anxiousness, that anger, and or any emotion? And then um, the last one is nurture, like basically love yourself, like nurture yourself. You're not a bad person for feeling anxious or feeling the way you do. And I just thought that was really valuable because <laughs> these things come up pretty often for me in my thinking and in, in my programming, and so I immediately can kind of go to that and go, okay, there, there this is and, and go through these steps and it's all in the matter of seconds almost. And it, it feels way more manageable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really like, that's a great acronym because I think all of those verbs, like I said, those are using that sort of front part of your brain that is curious and that wants to try something different, not the part that is reactive and rigid and that keeps us stuck in some of these patterns you know so you're already freeing up your ability to to calm down and problem solve just by being curious or or being sort of interested in it one of the other questions you wrote about to ask ourselves is what might it look like if we were going to focus on building person to person relationships with everyone in our life, our family, people at the office and our friends. Can you talk a little bit about the value in doing that? Yeah. So a person to person relationship is sort of the ability to relate to an individual, um, not through a third person. Right. And also being able to share things that aren't just superficial, you know, so can you talk about what's actually important to you or what you actually think about a topic or an issue or What are your actual beliefs about life, you know, and other important topics? Uh, If you're only able to talk about the weather or, you know, sports or whatever sort of is an easy anxiety managing topic, you know, does that get in the, or, you know, the same person, are you always gossiping or venting about the same person? And that's how you're bonding, right? Those things can get in the way of the person to person relationship. And the idea is that it's, you know, by being able to manage the anxiety yourself, it actually makes the relationship more intimate because you're not relying on the other person to calm you down. Uh, And that actually allows people to come closer because they're not 
sort of so codependent on managing each other's anxiety. I want to dig into this a little bit because I'm always, I surf. And and so when you're surfing, we call it the surf lineup. And there's anywhere between a dozen people to a hundred on a bad crowded day. We don't like that. But, (laughs) but so I'm, I'm having all these interactions and it's the same people. And this could be anywhere. I don't know when you're commuting, it's our life, but people are like, Hey, how's it going? And, and it's just that it's that weather talk. Right. And it just feels so superficial. I'm kind of tired of doing that. Like if I'm upset or anxious, I don't want to put it on them. But rather, it's like my automatic response is like, yeah, everything's like, how are you? Oh, everything's great. Mm-hmm. So so how can we navigate those conversations in a more authentic way without also just like putting things on other people too? Because I, I would imagine that'd be annoying if like someone asked me, I was like, yeah, things are shit. And <laughs> I don't know, like. <laughs> well, I think recognizing that when you're honest, it might make other people reactive, right? They might try and take responsibility for it. You know, that's their problem. (laughs) You know, you're not necessarily asking them to manage the anxiety. They might want to, that might be their response, right? Because when we feel another person's distress, our instinct is to want to fix, right? To want to manage it or to want to avoid them, right? We have a couple things that we do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's a difference between just being honest and relaying the facts, right? Versus asking a person to calm you down or to manage what's going on for you. Uh, but like I said, that doesn't mean that people won't have anxious reactions to it because they absolutely will. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I, I love from a friend at a party, he came up to Sarah and I and rather than, you know, the typical chit chat, whatever. And he was like, Hey, what are you guys celebrating tonight? And I just thought that was so fun and different because it had some substance and it led to a a A nice conversation. Yeah. That's great. I love that. You know, I live in DC. So everyone always asks people, what do you do? That's like the beginning question, (laughs) (laughs) you know? So when I go to like a social gathering, I always ask people like, what are you excited about? You know, or what are you interested in these days? You know, just having a question that like opens up the conversation and kind of veers away from those safe things that we always ask people. Like, it's really interesting to see people's reactions. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, their eyes will light up because finally someone has asked them other that, you know, something other than (laughs) how are you doing or, you know, how's work, right? I'd like to use the term, what do you enjoy doing instead of what do you do? Because it's so like, this just like the default to work, but more enjoyment. What are your hobbies? What do you like spending your time doing? I think is, is a fun way to start that engagement as well. Yeah. And I think it's not just for strangers. Like, I think it's interesting to watch your patterns with your significant other, right? And say, well, what are the things I always ask about? And is that limiting? Are there other you know, other things we could talk about or that we don't necessarily touch on or that might kind of uh, share more things about ourselves that we don't normally talk about. Dr. Arthur Aaron created these 36 questions to like get to know your partner better. And so we were Mm -hmm. on a kick that we would go out on a date and we would ask these questions to each other. And I think we ended up doing it for maybe three dates because, you know, when you really start the conversation, you do maybe about 10 questions a date, but it was really fun. And we, you know, ended up talking about things that we had never talked about in the 11 years that we've been together. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, I think people, it's the more creative you can be and sort of the more you can kind of open up 
different avenues of thinking or, you know, it's interesting to see how you can connect in new ways. Kathleen, the last thing we want to ask you in regards to the triangles before wrapping things up is you you talked about moving towards the people that we tend to complain about. So we talk about complaining to this third person. How can we heal those relationships with the people that we're complaining about? Yeah, well, I think seeing the goal not as necessarily... I don't, I, I don't even use the word reconciling or forgiving. I just, you know, think about it as being able to be in the room with them and not be as reactive, you know? So being able to share your thinking with them when it's important, regardless of whether they agree with you or not, or, you know, it doesn't mean that you need to put yourself like in an unsafe situation, right? But when it, if it's just a relationship that's a little tense and has some conflicts, but it's useful for you to be able to be in the room and manage a little bit of your distress as you talk with this person, that is such a useful skill to have. And so, uh, you know, as just as anxiety is contagious, I think that maturity, that calmness is often contagious as well. And you might not get the response you want right away. But I think if you're able to stay in contact, and you're able to keep sharing your thinking with that person, it can do a lot to calm down the relationship in a way that complaining to another person just just doesn't. Well, Kathleen, thank you so much for all this great information. I know I'm going to continue to work on uh, not just venting to Sarah, (laughs) having her solve my issues. So a lot of value there. Are there any things that we skipped over or anything you want to leave with our listeners before we say goodbye? Yeah, I mean, I think um, just the main point is that triangles aren't good or bad. They're just very, they're a very human thing that they, that we do, but the less you can rely on them to calm down, I think the better you set yourself up to have sort of deeper and more interesting relationships. Beautiful. And can you tell our listeners where they can find you online a little bit about your book and then we'll say goodbye. Yeah, so I have a new book that just came out. Uh, It's called Everything Isn't Terrible, Conquer Your Insecurities, Interrupt Your Anxiety, and Finally Calm Down. And you can get it anywhere you buy books. And it's about managing anxiety in relationships. And uh, people can also find me online at KathleenSmith.net. I have a free weekly newsletter on anxiety and relationships that people can sign up for there. Wonderful. We'll have the links to your website as well as your book on Amazon. And thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thanks. It was a great conversation. Hi, guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page, as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other. If you have questions or just need some relationship advice, we are all here for each other. Um, The group has grown to almost a thousand people um, and we love it. So we hope you guys join that. You can go to Facebook, Love Tribe Fam, and you'll find us right there. And if you are interested in learning more about our 
flagship course, Spark My Relationship. We hope you guys check it out. We have a special offer that is only for podcast listeners. So you can go to sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more. As always, thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. listening to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com